Welcome to Playing With Perspective, the suspended animation podcast, where we hear real stories from real people and we tackle all sorts of fun topics in the areas of business, marketing, entrepreneurship, mindset, the arts, and well, life itself. It's amazing what you'll pick up. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back, everyone. It's episode 203 of Playing With Perspective, the suspended animation podcast. I have the fantastic Catherine Minette here with me. How are you, Catherine? I'm very well, thank you, Darren. How are you? Lovely. You're looking very, very vibrant there. Oh, thank you. I did my thank hair specially. You did. You look great. Thanks <laughs> thank for you. joining me. Very happy to be here. And today we've got a fun one. It's all about sales. Having sales confidence and sales skills yes. is the most effective way to build a successful long-term business. Absolutely. And I love talking about sales because everybody runs away when you use those five letters. Sales. I'm not a salesperson. Don't talk to me. I don't want to get into sales. But in the end, we really are all selling something. We're always creating some agenda. We always want some outcome. We're all selling whether we like it or not. Absolutely. Whether you're in business, whether you're, whether you're a salesperson, whether you're in business, whether you're a parent, yep. a manager in a company, yep. uh, we're, we're all selling. We're all selling. But before we jump in, I thought I'd give everybody a little rundown into who Catherine is. So Catherine is a sales success business coach and trainer with more than 30 years of frontline corporate sales experience. She's the founder of Minette Sales Academy. Catherine trains and coaches network marketers and direct sales business owners who are struggling to convert their leads to customers to go from feeling frustrated, tired, and stuck to confidently making sales, achieving growth in their business, and impacting the world with their products. So welcome again, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you. So Catherine, let's jump in. I'd love to hear your story. How did you get into sales in the first place? How did you fall in well, love with sales? You might have noticed or, that I do have a bit of an accent, just a little one. So I'm yeah, just a little one. Um, originally, I'm from Liverpool in the UK. And um, and. I, when I went to, well, I left school and I went to Leicester in the Midlands. Yep. And when I went to uni, I did a business degree with marketing. And I thought I wanted to get into marketing. I thought, yeah, I'll go and get into market, a marketing job. But when I graduated, the first thing I really wanted was a car. Oh, right. And a friend told me the best way to get a car and a job is to get a job in sales. And so I thought, oh, that's good. So I can get a company car. And I hadn't really thought about doing sales, but I thought, well, selling would be good because that would be the foundation for being a better marketer. Yep. So anyway, I got myself a job in sales. And the problem was when you get a job in sales is that if it's a small company, they don't actually teach you how to sell. Mm -hmm. they, so they teach you about the product, and this is common for, for many small businesses. They hire people and say, well, here's our products. We'll give you training on our products. Now go out and sell for here's us. Here's a phone book. Go. Here's here's a, phone. That's exactly go. right. And then I had this phone and I had to, and no script or anything. It no. was just make calls, get appointments and off you go. Well, I was terrified. I didn't know what to say. And so, you know, you, I, I messed up many a time. I was very excited when I did get a, get a appointment and I'd, you know, get in my car yep. and I toddle off to the, uh, the, uh, the customer. And um, unfortunately, though, I then I didn't know what to say when I was there, you know, I do the <laughs> verbal vomit of the product, I'd be like, here's my product. It's wonderful. Would you like to buy it? Does this, um, it does that. 
So, which is what a lot of people do is because they haven't had the sales skills and the sales training, they know their product really well, but without the training, they don't know how to sell it. They don't know how to communicate effectively with people. So that was me. And so that career in the UK was short lived because I was so terrified that I was going to get uh, sacked because I wasn't making budget and I didn't really enjoy it as well because of the stress. I mean, you're not achieving. It was like, what oh, you, what, were you what were you selling? I was selling clinical waste disposal services. Oh, very sexy. To nursing homes. <laughs> oh boy. So, <laughs> and so, yeah, it wasn't a glamorous job. In fact, the training, part of the training was to go in the van with the lady who emptied the bins. Oh, and I had to drive with her, put on these big rubber gloves and go in and empty the bins. Like they'd swap the bins out oh, and load oh, them in the truck. Oh. And I had to spend about two weeks doing that. And I remember oh, thinking, God. why am I doing this? I mean, and it was to get to know the product. I didn't need two weeks to realize what the product was. Anyway. <laughs> So anyway, I, I did quit that job and I that's when I emigrated to Australia. And of course, what did I do when I get to Australia, to Brisbane, in fact, where I am now? What do you think I did? What job did you think I applied for when I got to Australia? A sales job. A sales job. Of course oh. I did. Why? Why would I do that? Well, it was because it was the only thing on my resume. Yep. And I, I, did, I did learn a little bit. I mean, you, you do learn from just getting out there and giving it a go yep. so and i did get you know I, I built up some tips and strategies and i got better at it but i didn't enjoy it so anyway i got a job here in australia and again it was a small company but this time i thought well they're not going to teach me anything more than the product so i thought what i'll do is i'll just teach myself so i bought books oh, and in nice. fact i still have this one i'll pull it out Ah, That's Tom so Hopkins, old. he's one of the greats. It's so, oh it's my God, so look at that. This is one of the originals. I still have it. One of the greats. Um, so, yeah, I and I had cassettes in my car. Yeah, so I took my car into my university and I was listening to cassettes. And I, I'm giving my age away now because, of course, you know, cassette days, <laughs> don't even have CDs anymore. Yeah, no, I used to do exactly uh, the same thing. Yeah, so I taught myself. I went to uh, sell seminars. I read a lot of personal development books as well. So yeah, me too. I uh, and I enjoyed it, and I started getting better at it. And so then eventually I moved into pharmaceutical sales. So a big. Oh my god! I can't believe you said that because I did exactly the same thing. Oh, did you? Okay. I was, well, I was about to say I I got trained in sales working for Merck Sharp and Dome as a pharmacist. Oh, okay. Well, I started off with a, it was called Winthrop Laboratories, oh, cool. which became Sanofi Centralabo, which is Sanofi go. something else now. I don't know. They all they, pharmaceutical um, companies are renowned for giving very good sales training. Exactly. So that's when I was able to go, well, within 12 months, yep. I was rep of the year. Yep. There you go. Rep of the year within that. Well, I had to be working on the territory for that 12 months and then I got the rep of the year. And I, I was, there was no one more surprised than me when I got that award. I remember we were in, um, we were down the Gold Coast at a, you know, the, one of those flashy hotels and we're having the gala dinner and everything. And I, was, I remember eating dessert and it was like, oh, the do, and I was new. I was like, I felt like a real newbie. And so we're eating dessert and they said, oh, we're announcing the rep of the year award. And when they said my name, I literally went, like that was like was that me and everyone's okay. looking at me like that? the oscars did you have your speech ready i didn't have my speech ready no <laughs> no no but you know i'm never short of a few words so i thought of something to say but that was way back in 1993 so um but what that 
what that makes me realize is it's the small companies and the small business owners, they don't get that really good training that the larger companies get. And because I moved into pharmaceuticals and later medical as well, medical devices and consumables, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was able to get lots of really good training, coaching, mentoring. And so, yeah, I really, and I was out there every day on the front line selling, which meant I never ended up going into marketing because I loved selling so much. Exactly, exactly. But yeah. the interesting thing is, like a lot of the old school techniques are still valid, but they need a little bit of a tweak or a little bit of an update in today's world. I think we can't like sometimes the things that we used to do 20 years ago might be taken a little bit too aggressive these days or a bit too, what's the word? A bit too pushy, too pushy and too, too robotic. Like yes. sales these days, a little bit more of a subtle uh, conversation rather than that very structured approach that we were taught years ago. Years ago, absolutely, yeah. And you can't, I mean, getting access, and especially access, when I say access, getting access to customers is so right. much harder these days. And even in the medical industry, getting into hospitals, and after COVID, well, now all these businesses have their excuse of, well, they're not working in the office anymore, they're working from home, and they're not going to meet people at home. Yeah. So, and it's Zoom meetings instead of face-to-face -face meetings. However, even with a Zoom meeting, you still need to have the art of being able to communicate. Definitely. So the skills are still needed. Definitely. It's just, and, as you and, say. and for everybody out there, I can see that Catherine is very good at looking directly into the camera. So that's one of the skills that you need um, as a salesperson or as an influencer when mm. you're working with a video and she does that very well, much better than me. I just start looking at her. But um, the other thing I was going to mention was with that evolution, I think marketing has become more important than it used to be as well in a way, because salespeople have to be co-sales, co-marketing trained now. It's not just enough to be a salesperson because the harder it is to find, you know, to get access, that's where the marketing skills come in. Yes. So before you even can start selling, you have to learn how to market your product or your service so you can actually have someone to sell to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, that's the big problem, I think, with a lot of the small business owners is they're busy doing the marketing, online marketing, podcasting and blogs and all that networking. But then you've also got to be able to, that's great. That's attracting the marketing. It's all about attracting the clients. But then you also, once you've got those leads, You've then got to convert them into customers or clients. Yeah, so absolutely. that's where the sales skill comes in. And that's my area of speciality because that's what I have been doing for 30 years, going into hospitals and nursing homes and um, pharmacies and uh, basically GPs over the years yep, and selling face-to-face, -face, yep. building the relationship, helping solve their problems, whether it was with a, a drug, pharmaceutical drug, or whether it was with a, with a device. Yep. A medical device. Love it. What a great story. And I love that we both had a history in pharmaceuticals. Yeah, I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah. So why do people still always say, oh, I hate sales. I'm not a salesperson. I definitely don't want to get into sales. Well, I think that's because most people that are, a lot of people that are selling today don't know how to sell. So they come across as pushy and sleazy. And they're using those old school techniques that you talked about. So mm -hmm. they... They're not natural, they're robotic, but they're also pushy because the whole focus is on, I need the sale. And yeah. so this desperation comes up and yeah. because they don't understand what selling really is, they come across as being salesy. So what do I mean by that? So 
selling is not about doing the verbal vomit of your product and telling the the person in front of you everything about your product. Yeah, not just relaying and, all the features and features and benefits of the product. It's not just yeah, well, and often it's just features. They forget yeah, to mention benefits. That's, that's another right. sales skill that a lot of people have not learned yet. So, uh, yeah, so they they're doing that all wrong. And so we've all had this experience of the bad salesperson and the sleazy person. So when I say often when I'm doing talks and training, I'll start with so if I say to you the word sales rep or the sales reps at the door, what do you immediately think, feel? And straight away you get these negative words. It's like sleazy and pressure. He's got to push. He's got to, he wants me to buy something. He wants me to buy something. Go away. I'm not interested. That is the automatic response that we get. And it's because we, we don't like being sold to. No one likes being sold to, but we do like buying products. Oh, we do. We We like buying products, but we don't like being sold to so that's on our own terms yes so that's the skill i think of selling is to be able to help people buy your product that's right yeah and that's such such a really good a good point because in the old days you know one of those techniques was you know you come towards the end of the sales cycle and say oh how many would you like or would that be cash or credit card you know these are very old school pressure tactics pressure closes we would never do that these days but if you can conduct a sales process or a very subtle, um, influential conversation along the way, they will actually ask to buy the product or service for, and you won't even have to close. That's the yeah. that's the beauty of it. But if you do yeah. things properly. Which is why you need to be good at the marketing as well as the selling. So people, there's a lot of trainers uh, train on the marketing and everyone dives in and they're doing the online training, but yeah. they stop there. They don't move to the face the the yeah, sales side of it and learn the selling yeah. and it's not everybody who needs that skill of the face-to-face sales because some people will have products that actually don't need a face-to-face sale you know it's just an online business yep. people go in shopping cart and they check out themselves there's no need to have a conversation but for those people that have products where it may be more technical it might be a higher price you think about like real estate agents you know network marketers uh, people who they need to get in front of people and have a conversation and educate them about their product so that they are an informed buyer Mm -hmm. and also you've got to build that relationship with them because people buy from people they know like and trust so they're the people as well that's a journey in itself yes yeah and it's like people think that you can just start talking to someone and they may show an interest and that they're going to buy your product but it's only a very small percent i don't know what it is. i think it's like six percent or something it's not high yeah, of yeah. the people that are actually ready to buy your product there and then when you're in front of them most people are not but it doesn't mean to say that they never will and i use the the analogy of the you know if you're looking to have a start a family and you you will eventually be in the market for a pram but if you've just got pregnant then you're not going to be in the market for a pram however if someone was selling prams and they built the relationship with this young couple who have just got pregnant they marketed to you for the nine months yeah and nurtured you and educated you when they're ready they're going to go well we're going to go and buy that pram off darren because he's been so helpful so yeah so that's another understanding there's a sliding scale of urgency that's what i call it and so uh yeah being knowing where people are in that sliding scale and that's why it's important with 
with sales is having a good CRM database, mm-hmm. being able to communicate regularly with, with emails and face-to-face meetings if yeah. necessary. Yeah, yeah and that's actually a good point. I think these days, everything's so much reliant on data and information and lists and, you know, contact uh, information and data. So you really have to make sure that all that's in place as well. Yes. Yeah. And that takes time to build up as well. Yeah. I've had sales that have taken years, years because both persistence and staying, you know, what what I always do, used to do and I do now is if someone says they are interested but not now I think oh that's great so uh, I then will fo- I'll say well when is the best time to follow up they might say next week they might say six months or next year yep. depends on you know, their time frame and, and the product that they're uh, the, the market and the product uh, but sometimes I've gone backwards with one of the hospitals in the city here the Marta I wanted to get a a, a urine meter it was a, a wee wee measure so they would you know patients give a tube <laughs> goes into the urine meter and they measure urine output. Anyway, they said they were interested, but they were too busy building a women's hospital and they were too busy trialing something else. And every time I went back, they said, not this year, come back next year. Finally, three years later, I was sitting there in the meeting with the purchasing person and uh, and I said, so I've got that you have you finished, I think it was building the hospital was the last thing. You finished building the women's hospital. And she, oh yeah, all done now. I said, fabulous. Really? So now can you trial my urine meter? And she went, ah. <laughs> oh. And I said, you said. <laughs> anyway, so happens she had a meeting that day. Like a product meeting. So she said, oh, give it here. And I went, here's the sample. Here's the brochure. These are the key. Because I couldn't promote, uh, you know, get in front of that meeting. But I had to give her everything she needed to be able to on sell it. But, um, yeah, then she gave me a phone call. That was worth, it was like a $50,000 a year business um, for that. So the trial, and that was just to get the trial. I did the trial and then I got the sale. So three years so patience does pay off. That's perfect. And a lot of and a lot of the time as well, your best customers or your best sales take the longest to sign on. But once they yeah. do, they, they're with you for life. Yes. Yeah. And if it's a product where you're continually providing a service, that's the other thing. If if you know there's products where you just you sell it and you, you don't really have to have anything to do with the customer anymore. But if you've got other products. Um, or you, one, you want to service that customer, make sure they're happy so you can get referrals. Yeah. But also you may have other products. And if you look after that customer, they're then more likely to buy more products from you. And that was the strategy I used, obviously, in medical. I had lots of products to sell. So I'd get in with one. And once I'm in with one, I could then go, oh, by the way, right. I've got this. Yep. And the other thing is getting into in front of someone and you're in there and they've said, oh, this is great. I love this product. And I say, well, who else needs to see it? And they would then go and introduce me to the other person in another department. There you go. And they they would start selling it, which was great. I used to just sit back. (laughs) But what what I'm hearing now while you're talking is that it's all about asking the right questions. Yes. You see? Absolutely. A lot of people are not trained and they don't think in that way when they're selling. And as you said before, people just want to, blurt out all these features instead of asking two or three really insightful questions. Yep. That is the key to selling. It's it's actually more of yes. listening than it is talking. Absolutely. And that's why that's the expression of you've got two ears and one mouth and you should use them in that proportion. Yes, and listening is a sales skill that many people don't have. Yep. 
So when when you're training, what are some of the things that you find are the biggest barriers for people to achieve sales mastery? I think the first, the biggest problem is confidence. For the small business owner, medium-sized business owner who haven't been trained in sales and they've got that attitude of, oh, I don't want to be a salesperson. Uh, the problem is with that is they want the sales, but they don't want to sell. <laughs> and when that happens, yep. nothing happens, you know, because it's like having the, the foot on the, the accelerator and the brake at the same time. Yeah. They just Some people will then go and hire a salesperson, but it's not as good as if you learn and you do it yourself because yeah. even you know, the the founder of the company could still be selling forever because they are, it's, they're passionate about it. They know as much about it. They, it's their baby. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, and then it goes back to that other problem of, you know, if they hired me years ago, 20, 30 years ago, they'd get someone who wasn't that good at selling Yeah, because be. I hadn't been trained. That's what I say. These small businesses That's hire right. people. They don't want to pay the higher salaries for the experienced good reps. Yeah. So they go for the, the lower price, yep. not, not trained or yep. limited ed- experience, you know, you pay for what you get, I suppose. You get what you pay for. Yep, so, absolutely. So one yep. of the barriers is... The uh, question, actually. Yeah, so one of the barriers was, um, you know, not wanting to sell and shying away, not having the confidence. What else yes. do you find? Not having the confidence, and it's because of that attitude towards selling. So that is the big thing because the fear comes up. Mm. Uh, the fear of selling, they don't know what to say. Well, the confidence of the fears and their limiting yeah. beliefs and they don't want to be seen as salesy. That's the first thing. Yeah. And, and, in fact, and as well, I, I'll just jump in as well. I mean, we could go forever, but um, <laughs> they say confidence comes from competence. So the more you are trained and the more you are experienced at doing something, the more confident you are doing it because yeah. you know what to say, you know the structure, you know what to do. So that's yeah. the whole point about learning how to sell. It actually starts with courage. No, you you need the courage to take the action Taking the action gives you that competence. The more you do it, the better you get, which gives you the results. And as you keep doing that over and over, like for me, 30 years later, I didn't have to think about it. It just becomes second nature. And so it's a journey. You you don't, I mean, you wouldn't do a a sales course and walk away and be the world's expert salesperson. It's like, and you have to apply it, you know, people do a course and then not apply it. Well, then it's, yeah, then you may as well not do it. You've got to apply the skills. And that's where coaching comes in or mentoring, because then uh, when you're doing this, the training, if you've got someone then to support you through that learning process and give you feedback, and and then you go get the experience and you come back and say, well, this happened, I said this, and you can talk about, well, maybe what's another way of saying that? It would have given you a better answer. So I think the coaching in combination with set, with the sales training that and going all over, you know, doing it over and over again, that is where uh, you're going to get traction and get better at it. So, yeah, it's taking action. But it starts with, cur- with courage. So courage, courage, confidence, courage, anything else? That action, confidence. Oh, right. So that's that first bit. Now, the second area is I think you need strategic sales actions. So this is why I call it in my training program is I I take people through this process of the confidence, but then I teach them the strategic sales actions. And one of the most important strategic sales actions is prospecting. Uh And people don't like prospecting. Because, you know, prospecting is all about going and finding new customers. But that means putting yourself out there and talking to people. And then even go so far as I try to identify what your niche might be or what your target audience might be. Yeah. 
people start to go out to prospect to them. And finding out where they are, where they yeah, hang out. Where they are, exactly. Yeah, and consistency. They, you have to be consistent. You can't just do it a little bit here and a little bit there. It's like, it's like marketing with your content marketing. Yep. It's got to be consistent. Your podcast, consistent, consistent, consistent. Yep. You've got to keep at it because it's that consistency, like a little, like a snowflake becomes a snowball, That's becomes right. the head of the snowman, becomes the belly of the snowman. And yep. it's that it takes time. So yeah, consistency of prospecting. Uh, so there's a lot of strategic actions needed, like planning, planning and preparation. Uh, goal setting, having clear goals, you know, what's going to get you out of bed in the morning? What's your North Star that's yeah. going to help you stay motivated when things aren't working out? Yeah. Because you're going to have bad days. They're yeah. going to come. That's inevitable. Yeah. But how do you, you know, dust yourself off and keep going? So having a good goal and purpose and reason why you're doing what you're doing is important. So that's all the strategic part of selling. And then the conversation skills, being able to have a productive sales conversation. And again, that requires skill. We've talked about some of them, the listening and, and asking questions and listening, yep. but understanding the buyer, the person in front of you. So what 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 floats their boat? What, what, what do you need to say and how do you need to say it so that you engage with them? So, and I think I mentioned to you earlier, I was I'm studying NLP at the moment. Right. And I, right. I've learned NLP unofficially through sales training. And right. I I do talk about it in my, my training, but I'm actually learning to be uh, a practitioner of NLP because I want to get better at that skill. Yeah. So do you find that it's really, it really is useful when you start to read people's body language and words? Absolutely. Well, it's about building rapport as well. And that's where the body language comes in using the same language. So, you know, with, with NLP, they talk about the, the visual people yep. that like to, they see in pictures and that's right. uh, yeah. So there are visual uh, learners or visual buyers, or they may be auditory. They like to hear things or they might be kinesthetic and they want to feel the product and touch yeah, it. Yeah. Um, now that everyone's a bit of everything. You're not just one thing, yeah. but it's being able to tap into that and use that language in your marketing as well as in your face-to-face -face selling. Yeah. So you need to be aware when you're talking to someone, what yeah. are they and what, what language should they I be? They keep wanting to grab the product and touch the product. And you think, you, oh, the kinesthetic. You keep yeah. going on about all the information, there's a disconnect. Yeah, yeah. And you need to, to use those words. Use the words that will, how does that feel to you? Yeah, yeah it feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so the skill, there's okay, lots of skills involved. Cool. So, yeah, that's the, the and also handling objections. Mm, that's being out that's a big scary one for a lot of people they don't want objections now my paradigm shift on that is objections are actually a gift yeah because good. when someone says uh, gives you an objection then they want more information that's there's right. something in their yeah. mind that say, actually oh. allows you to get closer to a sale yes it does because then if you can handle that objection effectively they're like oh okay that makes sense yeah then yeah, we're going to be closer to a sale. Yeah, that's right, Darren. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah, handling objections is huge. And I suppose the other thing is a lot of people, depending on the sales cycle, sometimes when it's a smaller sales cycle, you don't need to do this as much. But if you're in a longer sales cycle where you have multiple meetings and multiple touch points, people need to know how to ask for the next step in the process. Yes. Because a lot of I people just won't do anything and then it all just fizzles out. 
Well, it's as simple as having a next meeting sometimes. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what's your objective for the meeting? So the objective for a meeting when it's a long sales cycle could be to have another meeting. Yeah, can I meet you next be, week and chat further? Can we, yes. can we talk about this particular thing next week? And can we pull finding out who the key decision makers are and pulling those people into the meeting? Uh, or maybe it's to do a demonstration. In the medical devices, I had equipment where I had to do demonstrations and trials. Right. So for me, the objective was get the trial. Exactly. Love it. So, yeah, for the bigger, bigger products um, and a long lead time, long sales cycle, uh, you'll have multiple meetings and multiple people will be involved. So, again, there's a skill involved in being able to facilitate that as well. Yep. And I suppose we, it wouldn't be a great um, discussion if we didn't compare benefits versus features for people out there who yep. might, not have, might not know this terminology. It's really simple, and, but maybe you can explain a little bit more about that. Yep. So the features of a product are the, it's the, the thing that it has. So it's the, um, let's, let's take a car. It's easier to explain it in a, as an example of, of a product. So let's say a car, for example. So the features of a car, you've got the seats, you've got the four wheel drive, you've got the, uh, radio control, you know, the, the radio, they're all features. Whatever. You've got airbags. Yeah. So they're features, but when you just rattle off the features of your product in that, uh, the, the prospect's head, they're saying, well, so what? Yeah. So what? It's got airbags. That doesn't mean anything to them. Yeah. So what you want to do is take it to the next level and give them a meaning and a benefit as to why that feature is beneficial to them. So that's where you say, which means that, I mean, that's a nice little formula to use. So this car has airbags, which means that yeah. in the event of an accident, you, you know, you're going to be protected. Yeah. So now some features have multiple benefits. So I always suggest to my students is write down every uh, feature of their product and then try and write down all the benefits that they have for their product and have them and know them. And also it's like something you can get, take it to the next level. So uh, in, in terms of this is the feature, so what? Because of the, which means that benefit and the ultimate benefit is yeah, safety exactly. for your family. So uh, then exactly. they get it. They're more likely to go, oh, okay, I can see the benefit of having an airbag. I hadn't considered air, um, airbags, probably not a good example, but I hadn't considered airbags. Uh, but now I can see that there's a benefit to it for me. Now, the other key thing is, although I get people to write down their features and, and benefits, you wouldn't list off every feature and benefit to every customer or prospect. Uh, yes, because you, you want to know what's important to them. Exactly. And this is where the questioning and listening skills come in first. You have to ask the question to find out which features and therefore benefits are going to be more relevant to this person. Now, there was an example. And then, of course, you can talk those features and benefits. So you pick and choose the ones that are relevant. I was uh, looking for a car a few years ago and this car salesperson was telling me about the tow bar and the tonnage <laughs> and the towage and the this, that, and you, you know, you can tow your boat and you can tow your caravan. Right. And I kept saying to him, I don't have a boat. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a, a caravan. <laughs> yeah. Interested? No, yeah. it just annoyed me. He yeah. kept going on about it. Yeah. And they, they're great features if you're a boaty person, yeah, exactly. or a caravan person. They would have loved it, but I didn't. He, he didn't ask the questions to find out. I was more interested in the comfortable seats. You know, I'm a rep. I'm in the car uh, for many hours driving long distances yeah. in Queensland. So yeah. I need a comfortable car that's economical, 
They're the things that I need. Just have an inbuilt coffee machine. Well, that would be that's that what we're talking good. about. Yeah. At least a cup hot, a coffee cup yeah, holder. Something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, so true. But that's why it really comes down to listening and asking the right questions. Yes. Or asking the right questions first and then listening. And then listening. Yes. It's so important. Yeah. Listening to understand who is actually in front of you. Yep. So what's their personality style? What are their buying behaviors? What are their motives for buying? Because most people don't buy logically, they buy that's right. emotionally. Yeah, and that, that's the other thing. I mean, as we, I think there are three brains here. Yeah? There's the lizard brain, yeah. there's the uh, neocortex, neocortex. There's the, and then there's the limbic system. Yes, and it's the and, limbic system, which is yeah. that, uh, the emotional. The emotional. So you've got um, your cortex yeah. at the front, which is the thinking, and then you've got the limbic brain. Which is the emotional, and then you've got the uh, pre prehistoric no. <laughs> lizard brain, like, like the, the lizard brain, brain. Yeah, the, and it's that's where the amygdala is. That's where all your actions is. That's your yeah. fight and flight and yep. all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, um, and Simon Sinek, he talks about he he actually relates that to his uh, golden circles. Have you uh, oh, okay. ever watched his stuff? I, I've, I've watched his stuff. I've read his books, but I haven't heard of the golden circle. Oh, the start with why. Uh, yeah, start with why is all about the golden circles oh, and he okay. relates it to the brain in fact i i train on this i've actually got a oh, lesson on this yeah, so go. i'm up to speed on this one um and so the different parts of the brain relate to this it's it's the it's, um it's why it's telling people first why yes. why about your product yeah. rather than and then how yeah. or then what and then how yeah that way yeah i think it's that way um and so the important key here is People, you've got to tell people why. It's tapping into why they're buying your product. It's the emotional connection. It's the emotional thing. Are they buying because they want uh, safety and security, like with the airbags? Is that their, their, the thing that triggers them? Or is it status, you know? Yep. You know, they want the car because they want the, oh, look at me, I've got a flashy new car. Lamborghini, red Lamborghini. Yeah, um, yeah. Or yeah, it's a Harley Davidson that's got a yeah. lot of ticks a lot of boxes in terms of power and control and, yeah, and, the brand and name freedom is like... and yeah absolutely so if you can tap into what people's emotional reasons are for buying then you can sell to them yep and the thing that you always hear is that people buy with their emotions first and yes. justify them their decision with their minds after yes. so a lot of the time when we sell we're selling logically but people are not buying logically. People are buying with their emotion. So you have to tap into that. And then they'll almost re-engineer any decision they make yes. in their brain because they want that thing. Yes, exactly. And in fact, they don't realize it's such a split second, but they've done studies that shows the emotional part of the brain does kick in first and is the decision is made there. Yep. And then a split second later, it then clicks into the that's frontal right. cortex. Right. So it's so important you know, to learn these things. And I yeah. suppose as we as more and more studies have been done on the psychology and the science of sales and buying, yeah. know, we can use all these, this, this insight when we have our conversations. Yeah. And we didn't have that 30 years ago. No, it's we didn't know anything about that. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, so certainly the training that's available now is, is uh, I, I was never taught the confidence side. And this is the thing, this is why I do confidence. And I, I talk about myself's confidence formula, because confidence is the critical part. Without the confidence, you won't implement the sales strategies and techniques yep. that you need to implement because you're not confident. So for many small business owners who are like, oh, I don't want to be a salesperson, we have to 
help them overcome, get that courage for the and confidence to take, take the actions. Yep. They need that. You need to work on that first. Then they get introduced to the strategies, which is what everything you do before you even get in front of your customer. And then when you get in front of the customer, that's where the conversational techniques of questioning, listening by behaviors comes into play. But it all works together. It's I would say it's like the milk lady's stool. You know the milk stool, the lady who milks the cow, three-legged stool. That's right. If you take one leg, you need all three. Otherwise, she she can't milk the cow, so she'll fall on her backside. (laughs) So it's like in sales, you need to have the confidence, you need the strategic actions that you need to take, and then you also need to have the skills of having a productive sales conversation. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well Hmm. done. And again, you know, and I agree, like mindset is everything. It's so important these days. You know, everything comes down to mindset and psychology around what you're doing. Yeah. Yep. And it's not just sales, that's for marketing as well. Yeah. Anything. Like you'd be it'd be the same for people wanting to do podcasting. Sure. Yep. You have to get over that mindset. You've, you've got to work with their mindset first right. about the people putting themselves out onto a podcast or even creating a video. Because yep. they won't do it. You can teach them how to record yep. and how to edit. Yeah, people are scared to get in front of the They're camera. They're scared, scared to do it. They want the to... mic. That's that it's all it ends there. Yeah. So if you can learn those skills, you can adapt those skills to anything else. And that's why it's such a critical thing to do. Well, I suppose this is a perfect point in the conversation for you to explain to us how you work. How I work. Okay. So how I work is I have my sales confidence formula, which is a training and coaching program, which covers off those three pillars of the milk lady's stool, right? So the confidence, (laughs) uh, the unleashing their sales confidence and also working with the uh, strategic sales actions and then working on the having the productive sales conversation. So all three working together. So, but I don't just provide training. I actually provide coaching that goes with it because as I said before, like training, when training is just an event, then people learn at the event and then you never use it and then you don't use it it'll just fall off right so if you have a learning event which also includes a coach or a mentor as the learning drops off you get met coach you come back up again drops off come and it's like a wave and so the length of uh time learning becomes you know expanded out so and that means then also you're going to remember it and of course you have to implement it and unless you've got someone holding you accountable which is why in sales jobs, you have a sales manager or sales coach. They have people uh, specifically to work with the sales reps in the large companies 100%. to actually keep them on track and keep them motivated. Yeah, yeah. Small businesses don't have that. No, no. And you so. have to, a lot of these things have to be created as new habits as well. So you need time yes. to do that. And yes. They become new habits. You're off to the races. And that goes into the next thing. So how do you create a habit? I've heard people say uh, you can create a habit in, it's like 21 days. But then I've heard people say, no, you can change a habit like that if it's something significant enough. Uh, But the um, I've read a few books lately on habits. I've even got a few here on my book, The Atomic Habits. Have you heard that one? Good book. I I haven't read it, but I heard it's a very good book. Atomic Habits. And they talk about, um, it's like linking a habit that you want to do a new habit to an existing habit. Okay, great. So for example, if you want to start going to the gym in the morning and you're in the habit of getting up and you, you get up and you go to the bathroom and maybe put your gym, you know, the first thing is you get out of bed and you go to the bathroom, maybe clean your teeth. I don't know. 
But then you put your next habit is put your gym gear right next to the bed. So as you get out of bed, there's your gym gear. You put your gym gear on, then clean your chair and you keep going to the gym. I mean, it's it's, it's probably, that's probably bad. Ah, Perfect, perfect scenario. (laughs) But this is, how do we mechanically train ourselves to not, what's the word? How do we mechanically train ourselves to not hold ourselves back? To not, not fall victim to all those excuses yes and that's the thing the excuses come in get in the way and that's why you need to have a powerful why why are you doing what you want to do whether it's going to the gym or uh, giving up smoking or whether it's you know starting a business you've got to have a reason why and when i say people will change a habit like that like someone who's just had a heart attack and maybe a bypass they might give up smoking at that point or sometimes people will give up smoking when the first child is born and all of a sudden they realize, ah, oh, you know, I've got a child now. I need to, you know, I don't want to be a bad influence. So it's having um, a real reason why. Yeah, yeah, love it. And for sales in, in business, I mean, the reason why you want to have a business, but there's something bigger than that. What's your purpose of your business? Yeah. So maybe it's for your family so that you can travel. Maybe it's, it's you want to leave a legacy. So having that, or maybe you just want to have enough money that you can buy your kids a home. Yeah, or maybe you, know, you just want to work for yourself and just live life in your own terms, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, well, for me, it's like I want to travel and work. So for me, having an online business, so my training programs are all online, my coaching is online, and that's because I want to be able to travel and run my business so I can be anywhere in the world. Wow. That so gives me that freedom. Do you train in person as well or is it all online? Yes, I, yes I'll yes, i do in-person training as well. If I'm asked to go into an, uh, a company to do small team training, yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, my product, though, is all online, the, the, sales, uh, the sales confidence formula. But, yeah, but I can do that anyway, even when I'm traveling. So I could travel and spend time in Sydney, do some training there. Beautiful. I could go overseas. I could still go in and, and live in a different country for a while. Yep, do love it. Nice travel I'm, I'm empty nester now so me and my husband right. are at that point in our lives where we want to travel sure. uh, but I also want to have that satisfied or that's the freedom for me freedom to travel but also satisfy that need I still need to be have a purpose of helping people yeah. so being able to make a difference in people's lives and that's what I really enjoy it's when you may coach someone and give someone a new idea and they grab that idea and they run with it and then they come back and they go, I did what you said and this happened. And it's like, yay! Fantastic and that morning. is oh, wow. such a lovely feeling. I'm sure you've had that experience yourself, yeah, Darren. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That, that uh, feedback you get is better than anything else. Yes. And I think that's that's why I do it. That's I mean, obviously, winning awards and, and making money and bonuses was always, you know, uh, close to my heart as a salesperson. However, the knowing that I was able to help people being a having customers say oh you know thank you you've saved the day you know I've got a product to them just in time for a, a procedure or yeah, yeah. you know there was a problem with back orders and I was able to get stock to them whichever yeah. so yeah no. being of service yeah. yeah now I believe you have a masterclass coming up as well that you would like to chat to us about I do I do have a sales masterclass I I like to educate selling is also educating And so in order to educate my potential customers, I provide sales masterclass training. So yes, I've got one coming up next Thursday. So uh, that's, well, depending on when this 
podcast oh, it goes. Be, it should be out by next Thursday, I'd say. So Thursday the 4th? Fourth of May, but I do them. Look, whenever you're watching this, just click on the link and then it'll go to whatever date is. I mean, we could be someone could be watching this in 2025. Uh, So click on the link and it'll tell you when the next sales training is. But I do have one that I'm running and it's for 60 minutes and that includes question times live. It's a Zoom call and it's free. It's free. It's free. free. You get, it's like free. You want to know about sales? I'll tell you about sales. And you can ask questions at the end of it. You don't need to bring your credit card. There's no selling at all, as in I'm not selling, but there'll be a lot of learning about selling. So come and join me for my sales masterclass on Thursday. That's 12 noon uh, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Love it. Well done. Well, Catherine, how do people find you if they want to work with you? What's the best way? On my social media, I've, I'm, well, I'm Minette Sales Academy. So Facebook, Minette Sales Academy, Instagram, and I have a website, Minette Sales Academy. And in fact, the Sales Masterclass link for the registration is minettesalesacademy.com forward slash Sales Masterclass. So it's nice and easy, but that'll be in the show notes as well. Yes, I'll put all that in the notes. Yeah. And you're on okay. LinkedIn as well? And I'm on LinkedIn, Catherine Minette Sales uh, Coach and Trainer. I'll put that all in the um, show yeah. notes for everybody. Yeah, so connect with me. Yeah, and have a chat. Beautiful. Well, Catherine, yeah. it's been Obviously, an absolute... I won't be a salesy salesperson. Oh. <laughs> absolute pleasure. It's been so much fun, so much, so light, but we've covered so many great insights into sales. Yeah, and yeah and everybody just, needs to know. Hit the iceberg, Darren. That was just oh, a yeah, tip. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody needs to know, you know, a little bit more about the insight of how to conduct a strong sales process because we're all selling, as we mentioned at some point. Yeah. Yep. Right. But um, I always like to leave the last word to my guests. So okay. I'd love to give you the last few seconds. What would you like to leave us with? Uh, I think, well, what, what you started with is my motto is that having sales confidence and sales skills is the most effective way to build a successful long-term business. Sorry. So if you haven't had any sales skills training and you're in business and you're in sales, whichever one is, then you need to get some form of sales training, whether it's from me, a book or somebody else, make sure you get some training. Beautiful. I love it. Well, Catherine, thank you once again. I so thoroughly enjoyed that. I really had fun. We'll have to get you to come back again. Thank you. Um, Love to. Thanks for joining me, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, please reach out to Catherine. I'll put all the links and everything in the show notes. Catherine's fantastic. You can do her online training. You can do her face-to-face training. Whatever it is, she'll put something together for you. So yeah. definitely have a chat to her. Right. Thank um, you. So everybody have a great day and we'll see you very, very soon for another episode of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye. Thanks again for joining me for another episode of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast. If you would like to join me as a guest on the show, I would be delighted to collaborate. Feel free to buzz me on 0414-659-800 or email me on darren at suspendedanimation.com.au. I'm always on the lookout for great guests who can share their stories and expertise with my community. Also, if you have been thinking about putting your own podcast together, and not sure where to begin, look no further. I run a really simple three-part podcasting course, one-on-one with me, where I walk you through the entire podcasting journey. You will end up with a fantastic new podcast to start sharing right away. 
feel free to get in touch to discuss further. But for now though, have a fantastic day and I'll see you next time.